be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Glad to be back. It was an amazing, unbelievable experience. Put it on your bucket list. The Ark Encounter. I want to talk to you this morning about this gospel reading. Uh, big idea would be when Christ calls us to be his disciples, he does not call us to a life of ease. He calls us to die to self. Very true. Um, one of the things we saw when we were at the Ark Encounter was a, a production by four students from Bob Jones University, and it was called Hold Fast, and it illustrates this point of dying to self. And um, the, I, they, what they did was they, they told the story of a man named Peter Vins, and Peter was born of Russian immigrant parents in the United States, so he's an American citizen. He grows up, and he feels called to go to the Soviet Union to be an evangelist. And he's all excited. He's engaged, and he says to his fiancée, I'm being called to go to Russia. We're being, and she goes, Russia? Excuse me? What? Make a choice. It's me or Russia. It's Russia. Because he really felt God had called him to this ministry, to this work, to this life. And he goes, and he gets married. They have a little boy named Yorgi. And uh, they grow, you know, he gets a little older, and uh, the father is, Peter, is very active in the ministry. And, and uh, one day there's a knock at the door, and the Soviet authorities come in, and they take him away, and his son never sees him again. And over a period of time, you see it, they take him out, and they shoot him in the field. The boy grows up, follows in his father's footsteps, and he gets married, and, but he's an evangelist. And he's an American citizen, and they don't like this, the Soviets. And so they say to him, look, you're an American citizen. You can't be doing this uh, in Russia. You, if you want to do this, you've got you to renounce your American citizenship. Okay, and he does. And immediately they arrest him. And he goes from prison to prison to prison to prison. They just keep moving him around. And he has an opportunity to evangelize all these different people, his mother meets with him and she gives him a two inch by two inch copy of the Gospel of St. Mark. I don't know how you read this, but he does and he uses this as an evangelistic tool and finally they've had enough of him so they exile him, he and his family, to the United States. The Soviet Union falls and he goes back and spends the last ten years of his life doing what he was doing before. He kept saying no to self and yes to God all the way through, and God in the end really rewarded him. Um, Jim Wilkerson and I at one point years ago were on a committee that would go around to various places and talk to people who thought they wanted to be ordained into the Anglican uh, mission. And I remember going to a church in Melbourne, and there was a guy, he wanted to be a priest, and we says, well, tell us what you're, you know, about your call to ministry. Well, Done a lot in the church in my life. Served on the vestry. And he put his feet up on the table. He said, I've done my time. Time to kick back. He wanted to be a priest. <laughs> no. He got kicked all right, but it wasn't into the priesthood, I'll tell you that. 
he didn't have the right understanding of what this was really all about. Committed to Jesus, no thought for yourself. I'm reminded of Peter Joe. Peter Joe is a, is a bishop. He's, he's a bishop in Sudan. Uh, he's been here, and when he came, he was telling us what life was like where he is. Uh, it's so bad that his family is actually in a UN refugee camp up in Kenya. Uh, he walks everywhere he goes. Uh, one Christmas Eve, um, people came into his uh, cathedral and killed 85 people. He, beyond belief, no medical attention, it's just awful. And I said to him, have you ever thought about leaving? He looked at me and he said, leave? How could I leave? This is where God has called me to be. I can't go. His family's not there. It's just, and now they've got this war going on over in Sudan, but he's still there. And I'll never forget, I was in Publix with him one time, and I was at the other end of the aisle, and he's up, and I looked back, I said, where'd he go? And he's like this, looking at a shelf. And I went back, and I said, are you okay? He goes, he was in the pet treat aisle. You, you spend this much money on a dog? I said, oh, people spend a lot more than that on their pets. And he goes, what is a pet? No clue what a pet was. We don't have pets where I live, you know, because they eat. So, but again, the incredulous look I got when I said, have you ever thought of leaving? He couldn't even consider leaving because this is where God had called him to be. Jesus brings, he says, I didn't bring, to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. Um, Jesus can be very divisive. Jesus can be very divisive. Sometimes you bring his name up and people just do one of these. And when people hear the gospel, I think they have one of three reactions. There's joy. They finally get it. You know, they knew that there was something wrong, but now I know that I can be reconciled with the Father through the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit because of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross for me. There's nothing I could have done myself to bring about this reconciliation. But hallelujah, it's true and it's for me. Or there's hostility. What do you mean I need salvation? I mean saving. I don't need saving. Save it for somebody else. Or indifference. Has anybody ever said to you, I'm really glad that stuff works for you, but I'm good. I'm good. It, it, all, it all works itself out in the end. Well, that's true. <laughs> you ain't going to like it, but that's true. You pray. You pray for people. So Jesus wants to know who's, uh, who's on Team Jesus, especially today. Um, we just finished up Vacation Bible School, and when we were in uh, Kentucky, we actually, last Sunday, we went to Mount Zion Baptist Church. We did, in the middle of a little place called Nowhere, seriously. But they were starting their Vacation Bible School that night, and they were all excited about it. And I thought back to 2020 when... Christ the King was the only church in Ocala to have a vacation Bible school. The only one of all the churches. And we took that faith over fear sign seriously when we did that. Um, when we're dealing with all kinds of issues, as you know, in our, in our society today, whether it's the wokeness or the gender issues, climate, whatever, whatever it might be, um, speaking the truth, 
having a biblical worldview could be problematic for a lot of people going forward in life right now. Whether you're in a high school setting or a university setting, um, whatever it might be, standing up for what's right, even if you're the only one standing, is now more true than ever because the world is pushing back against a godly understanding of life. So we need to know what we believe, why we believe it, and be willing to say it. It's no time for sun, sunshine soldiers or lazy boy Christians. It's time to suit up and don't get to ride the bench. Um, at the corner of this building and at the corner of that building, there is a Bible that is open to this page. Every one of these, everyone then, who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and, the, and beat upon that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And that's, that's who we founded this church to be. That's who we want to be as God's people in this place. Um, I think of Vitalis, somebody who's been so true to, to the faith. Uh, he just celebrated his sixth anniversary of his consecration and the, and the founding of the Diocese of Baharamulo. He started with 80 churches, and now he's got 130. And then last week, he had a celebration, and he sent me this. So I'll just play about a minute of this. with his favorite song. While, while church attendance is, is declining in the West, it's, it's, it's going crazy where he is. And again, he started six years ago with 80. Now he has 130 churches, and they want to plant 25 more this year. I mean, he will go to do a confirmation class and have 50 to 100 people being confirmed because God is on the move in that place. People are being very, very faithful um, to the Word of God. I've got to say that. They're being very faithful to the Word of God. Characteristics of a true disciple. A true disciple does not fear the world. When the world pushes back, we're not afraid. Um, just things that we never thought would be issues, like, you know, the decline in the nuclear family. Um, I think Matthew, was, Matthew talked about the RYM trip. He's going to say a few words about that. And when his talk today... Uh, this morning, he said, every one of these young people who went on the RYM trip, middle school, came from a broken home. Not one of them lives in the home with their birth mother and father. And they're, but God bless them, they're going to 
RYM. They're growing in their faith. But that's a very common thing these days. And our society is paying a price for that. Marriage is from God. Issues of sexuality, the sanctity of life. One of the things that we went through at the uh, Creation Museum, this was an, just an absolutely amazing, wonderful display, and it was called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. And it was the most powerful sanctity of life demonstration exhibit I've ever seen in my life. From the moment of conception, they start to talk about what, what's happening in the womb with this baby. And right all the way, all the way through. And you start to think, oh, three weeks, weeks is good. You know, oh, when the baby can feel. No. From the moment of conception to natural death. That's, those are the parameters. Nothing in between. Nothing in between. Get a lot of pushback on that these days, too. But it's a God thing. Um. I'm listening to the news the other day, and I'm hearing this chant, this thing in New York. They were marchers in New York City. They had naked guys riding bicycles down the street, children on, on the streets, lots of people. And the chant was this, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. I heard it. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. It's like, it's like... The gloves are off. They don't care. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? That's who we are, and that's what we want. That's what we're going to do. Are God's people going to stand up and say, oh, no, you're not. Not my kids, you're not. Take that stand. The true disciple of God favors the Lord. When the pressure's on, we confess Christ. We stand up for Jesus. And maybe it seems like a, a little thing like saying grace in school. Courts finally came out and said, you know, you can say grace in school. You can wear a cross in a school or at work. You can bring a Bible to a school or to work. That'd be all right. Did you ever think the Supreme Court would have to decide that in the United States of America? I didn't think so, but it did. And that's a good thing. It also said, the recent case, um, there was a web designer out in Colorado who was asked to do a what design a website for a gay wedding and she said I, I'm sorry I, I can't do that it's against my faith so they sued her and they went to the Supreme Court the Supreme Court said she doesn't have to do that it's a violation of her First Amendment rights of freedom of speech not freedom of religion but freedom of speech which I thought well at least moving in the right direction where people can stand up for their values and beliefs today Disciples forsake families if necessary. I think of a friend of mine, Alpha Muhammad. He was a bishop when I was in seminary. And he was the first bishop of a diocese, a new diocese, the Diocese of the Rift Valley in Eastern Africa. And he was born in um, Mozambique. And um, most of the people there were Muslim. His, his family was Muslim. When he was 14, he came to Christ. Somehow there was an evangelist, he came to Christ, he gave his life to Jesus, and his family disowned him. And he left there and went to the mainland in Africa, um, got his education, became a priest, and then became a bishop. 
and was just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful man of God. And I had a small little church when I was in seminary, St. Mark's in Knoxville, inner city Pittsburgh. And I, every now and then, I'd, when he was there, I'd have him come and preach. And everybody loved him. But he never saw his family again for the rest of his life. He's passed on now, but he never saw his family again for the rest of his life because he said yes to Jesus. There were friends of uh, Kathy's parents who had a son who married and they moved to Texas. And uh, they went down for Thanksgiving dinner. And the father is there at the table and they're sitting at the Thanksgiving table. And he said, I'd like to offer grace before we eat. And his son's wife stood up and said, there will be no grace spoken in this home. Just like that. And he looked at his wife and she looked at him and they got up, they went upstairs, they packed up and they left. Now, I don't know if they ever reconnected with the son. I don't know. Do you know? But he said, it was a moment when I felt very strongly in my spirit I had to choose God or my son. What was the reading today? Father and son, mother and daughter, mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. Sometimes this will happen. But he chose, and it broke his heart, don't get me wrong, but he felt he had to choose God in that moment. And sometimes things like that will happen. Disciples love Jesus more than life. Um, the one who confesses Christ and dies for it is better off than the apostate who escapes death by denying Christ. We, uh, Kathy and I, read devotionals in the morning, history of the church, and over and over and over again, you find people who gave their life for the gospel, who said yes to Christ, even though it was going to cost them everything. John Bunyan was arrested, and he had a family, and he had a blind child. They kept saying, if you continue to preach, we're going to arrest you, and he felt he had to do that. He wrote Pilgrim's Progress while he was in prison, and that has benefited millions of people in the world, but it broke his heart, but he still felt he had to make that choice between being obedient to God and his family. And God took care of the family in the end. A true disciple is a reward. When you're faithful, you really are a gift. You serve others. The golden rule becomes part of who you are. Treat others the way you want to be treated. One of the things that, um, again, Vitalis Paul Ferguson, a couple of weeks ago, stood up and said, we need to send bicycles. And so we sent some money instead of getting them here and shipping them. So Vitalis, uh, since he went back a couple of weeks ago, has purchased 70 bicycles for his lay evangelist. And it, he sent me a whole bunch of pictures. I, I only put up two, but they are, they're amazing. And these are really good bikes. These are like the hard rubber tires, you know. They're going to last. They're going to last. And so the, the, the criteria for getting a bike, if you have to walk more than 20 kilometers, you get a bike. 20 kilometers is 12 miles. If you only have to walk 12 miles, you don't get a bike. But he bought 70 
and he's going to get 30 more. So I think pretty much everybody's going to have a bike, which you know, we may think, oh, big deal, a bicycle. Let me tell you, if you have to walk everywhere you go, it's a big deal to have a bike. None of these guys have a car. That's unheard of. That just doesn't happen. And the priest, what did I say, 130 churches and 30 priests? So each priest has, what, five, six, seven churches to go to on a bicycle. Not every Sunday. Every, every few Sundays, the church gets a priest. Otherwise, it's the lay evangelist. But God is blessing it over and over and over again. So if you want to be a blessing, confess Christ before men. Don't be afraid. I love that uh, story of the coach at the 50-yard line. He would go out after every football game. I think it was high school. And he would kneel down by himself uh, and pray. And there were people who said, they can't, we can't have that. That's not right. That's wrong. It's a public place. You know, what are you doing? Church and state, all that. And they finally went to the Supreme Court and they said, you can do that. He has a right to do that. But he pursued it. He persisted. He persevered. He pushed back. He didn't just take it. And I think this is what God is calling us to do in this day and age. In the legend of the eagles, George Despartus says the most heroic piece of self-sacrifice known to history occurred in the building of a bridge. It's an incredible story. It was in the dead of winter, and the French army was pressed on all sides by the Russian Cossacks. The Cossacks had destroyed all the bridges, and Napoleon was at his wit's end. He had no way to escape. Suddenly, there came an order that they might build a bridge across the river immediately behind them. And the men nearest the water were the first to carry out the most impossible task. Others, after a few minutes, sank through, the, through cold and exhaustion. Some were swept away with force, by the force of the moving icy water. But more and more men came, and the work proceeded as fast as possible. At last, the bridge was complete, and the army reached the opposite bank and was completely safe. And then followed the most dramatic scene and one of the most touching recorded in the annals of history. When the men who had built the bridge were called to leave the water, not one of them moved. Clinging to the pillar, says the historian, they stood silent and motionless, frozen to death. And even Napoleon shed tears. In a real sense, God may call on you and me to give our lives to build a bridge for someone to cross into the presence of God. If you're real, you'll be willing. When God calls us to be disciples, he does not call us to a life of ease. He calls us to die to self. Take my life. Please stand. Take my life and let it be Consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of Thy love. Take. My
my feet and let them be swift and beautifully. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my King. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from Thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as you choose. Here am I, all of me. for thee take my will and make it thine it shall be no longer mine take my heart it is thine own it shall be thy royal throne take my love my lord I pour at your feet it's treasure store Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. Ah, all of me, take my life, it's all for thee. Amen. Please remain standing. Let us confess our faith in the word. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, the Father and the Son, with the Father and the Son, worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.
Let us pray for the church and for the world responding. Hear our prayer. Almighty God, guide and strengthen, we pray, Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Bishop Vitalis, and our clergy, Don, Matthew, Tom, John, Tommy, Shirley, Karen, and Peg. Lord, in your mercy, we pray, pray for the Three Streams mission in Greer, South Carolina, with Father Bob and Deacon Michael. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we ask your blessing on the music ministry of this parish. Bless Kevin, Mary, Joel, and Margaret as they lead this vital means of worship. Lord, in your mercy. Bless, guide, and strengthen, O Lord, the young people of this parish. Bless Matthew, our youth minister, and Jen, our children's minister. Lord, in your mercy. Bless the vestry as they fulfill the duties, their duties as they strive to guide Christ the King in a godly and fruitful and faithful manner. Lord, in your mercy. Grant your wisdom and discernment to all those who serve our country and community. For Joseph, our president, Kamala, our vice president, Rick and Marco, our senators, Ron, our governor, Kat and Michael, our congressmen, Craig, our county school commission chair, Kent, our mayor, Diane, our superintendent of schools, Allison, the president of the school board, Jim, the president of the city council, and Thomas, our Grace Christian School head. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for America's judges at every level that they would execute their duties in a godly manner. Lord, in your mercy. Bless those who serve our community in law enforcement and as first responders.